Hey, good morning, church. Thank you so much for joining us. What a, uh, just what a great day. Man, I love that. I just want to be in your presence. Wasn't that good? I hope that you felt the presence of the Lord where you were, like we did here in the room. And with here in the room in mind, let me give you some good news. Hey, we're coming back live soon. Aren't you excited about that? Uh, we have worked diligently to get a reopening plan together that addresses all of the concerns that may still be going on in our world with COVID-19. Uh, and we're going to launch that plan this week. It'll be coming out on social media. It has a date uh, signed when we'll be coming back. It's soon. It's not very long. I don't want to tell you yet because I don't know all that might occur in the COVID world. But our plan right now is to come back right after, shortly after the first of the year. I wish we could be here together for our Christmas Eve service. But we're excited to have that work uh, for really being finished up early this week with all the editing and the things that are going on. I want you to make plans now to be a part of that service. Uh, you heard Michelle talk about it a moment ago. Four, five, six, seven and eight probably the best streaming product we've ever done lots of editing lots of people uh, just uh, participating it's going to be a wonderful service and then uh, shortly after the first of the year we're going to come back together live now we've got some phases you'll be you'll be reading about those based on what the positivity rates are with covid but we're going to get back together but there will be some restrictions as that number falls those restrictions will get taken off so we're excited about releasing that plan and you'll be seeing that on all the social media outlets this week uh, with all the information that you'll need in order to participate in that. And then let me say thank you to a very special group of folks. Yesterday, we had our toy outreach. Normally, during our Grinch play, we'd have an outreach service where we would have, uh, oh, I don't know, 200 kids and their families here in the building, and we'd be serving them dinner, and then they'd be going to the play, and then uh, we'd be giving Christmas presents. Obviously, we couldn't do the play. We couldn't do the things that we normally do there. But we did do the presents, and so many of you donated presents and donated money, and we we gave those out in a drive through fashion yesterday, and thank you so much to those of you who either donated presents or wrapped presents or donated money, and those of you that came yesterday, just a small group, we did, a, as I said, a drive through and the families came through, almost 200 kids, about 85 families, and what a blessing you were, so thank you so much for participating in that, and thank you for your faithfulness, all the things that we're doing um, God's got some good things coming. We haven't talked about it a lot, but we will also this week be talking about a first of the year fast that we'll be involved in coming up. We normally begin our year in 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll be asking you to join us in that effort as well, so you'll be hearing about that this week as well. Well, praise the Lord. I pray the Lord's been good to you this week. He's been good to us, and His presence is real. And we're in week three of Vintage and... we mean when we say vintage we mean that uh and i don't know are we are we good microphone wise guys is it cutting out past something's going on um i can hear me uh sorry if it's messing up on the stream but let me let me switch all right uh we're still good on this pastor jason for now all right you guys uh, wave at me or do something because i i can't i don't know what's going on in the stream so thanks for your patience vintage cool people living out old truths we've talked about some of those I want to give you another one this morning that I think is so important. It's an old idea, but it is timeless. And it's something that you need. It's something the world needs. It's something I believe that every individual has to have or their life. Not just their eternal life, but their life will go off the rails without this. What is it? Uh, it's this idea of something very familiar in our world right now, and even more so in the last few months. Some of you may have been watching 
uh, about the alignment that's coming up on the winter solstice on December 21st of, uh, of Saturn and Jupiter. These two planets, you can see them in the southwest sky right now. I go out at night, uh, I watch them, and they're getting closer together. Every night they get a little closer. They're very bright stars, and on the 21st, they're going to be at their closest point. And in fact, they're going to appear like one bright star in the southwest sky here from where we are. And people are calling it the Christmas star. They're saying it's the first time they've been this close. Some say in 400 years, others say in 800 years. And there are even those that think that this might be the star that the wise men navigated by. I have no opinion about whether or not that's true or not, but listen. It is certainly a really, really neat astronomical event that's taking place. And if you haven't gone out on a clear night, they are very bright and they're going to get even brighter on the 21st. It is, uh, it's not uncommon for us to take note of things like that. Halley's Comet comes through occasionally. People make a big uh, note of that. Different, uh, different meteor showers. People are always enthralled by the night sky. But I want to talk to you about one that we have all the time. It's not a reoccurring thing. It's there every night. And I'm sure many of you have heard of it. But let me give you a little history about the North Star. Um, you've heard people talk about that. Uh, its real name is called Polaris. It is the brightest star in the constellation Ursa Minor. It's called the North Star because of where it sits. In If you're in the hemisphere that we're in, it's always to the north. The reason that it is so important is that because of where it sits, in reference to our North Pole, it doesn't move. While the other constellations seem to be moving, we're actually turning. And, uh, but because of that, because of its location, and because we spin around that axis, it remains constant. And it, its constant position in our northern sky has made it very uh, important for navigation. You can fix your navigation instruments upon it and constantly with only a little bit of a variance and you can factor that in go due north anytime from anywhere in our hemisphere it is it's important because of that ability to have a fixed point upon which navigation takes place now i want you to imagine if we didn't use that if we use some other star some star that moves and that became the thing that we fixed our our travel upon. We tried to navigate based upon a moving object. Well, you understand what was happen, What would happen if you did that. If there's not a fixed point, some fixed point upon which you center uh, and measure everything by, well, you wouldn't know where you were going if you were moving in the right direction. You would know if you're getting closer to your destination. There's a problem when you don't have a fixed point of navigation. Now, let me tell you what this means in the vintage series. Every life must have something upon which you focus your life, some immovable, unchanging point of reference so that you know where you are and you know where you're going. If you don't have that, then at any given moment, you may think you're in, moving in the right direction, but you really have no way to judge that. There's some things that happen in the natural world when you don't have a fixed point of navigation. Here's the problems that happen when you don't have a fixed point of navigation. First of all, everything is subjective. No compass heading means anything. What do I mean that by that? If you, in the military, we learn a lot about land navigation. And one of the things that you always do when you have a map and you have a compass is you have to center that compass. You have to face it on that map in the right way. And you use true north or magnetic north on a map to do that. 
Every map's got a little declination diagram that shows you how magnetic north differs from where you are on that map, and that's not important, but here's the thing that you've got to know. You've got to have something that says, this is what we navigate by. Some point, some, some fixed point of reference that gives us an idea of where north is, where east is, where south is, where west is. If you just turn the map wherever you want, and you can just say, well, you know, this is north. I don't know if you know this, but in our in our sanctuary, that's west, that's north, that's east, and that's south. You say, how do you know that? Just because I do. All right, it's a gift. It's one of my spiritual gifts. I'm good with directions. All right, and that's south. Well, you know what? I've just decided that this is going to be south from now on, and we're going to orient everything, and we're going to travel. Well, you can't do that. If you do, everything is subjective. Nothing means anything. Secondly. You, you can measure, when you don't have a fixed point and you're trying to navigate, you can measure the distance that you're covering. You can measure the rate of travel and the time that you've been moving. You have no idea if you're going where you need to be going or not. You could be walking in. Man, I, I'm making good time. Ooh, we're doing good. We're getting, yeah, but where are you going? Man, I don't know, but we're having a good time going there. Watch this. There's a big crowd going with us. This must be a good direction. Listen, you, you don't have any fixed point of reference. You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea how to measure it. You may be making good time. There may be a lot of people applauding your efforts and, and, and applauding the direction and your choices and the, and, the, and the trip that you're on, but you have no idea where that's going to end up at. There are even those that advocate that. I don't want to know. I want every day to be an adventure. Well, I want every day to be an adventure too, but I'd like to know where I'm going to end up at the end of any given day. I'd like to know where this life is ending up. I'd like to know where we're going. I don't start out on a journey without having some idea of where I'm going to end up. And if you don't have a fixed point of navigation, number three, it's impossible to communicate with someone else about where you are because you may think you do, but you don't know where you are. And you can't tell them how to get there where you are other than changing and movable landmarks. You, well, you know, I, I traveled for about an hour and then I made a left and there was a tree. And then I went about two more days and there was some water and there were some rocks. And you have no idea where you are and you can't tell anybody else how to get there. You can't, you can't guide them on their journey you can't give them good advice. You can't help them not be lost because you're lost. The Bible says that that's a blind man trying to give directions to another blind man. And that's exactly what life is like when you don't have a fixed point upon which to navigate. You see, I want you to think about what happens with even a single degree of error in your calculation of where you're going. If you, if you can think about me standing right here looking at you in that camera. I don't know if it's that camera. It is now because I've mentioned it. I can assure you I'm looking in that camera now. And, you, and let's say that I want to walk right at you. Can you see me? I'm going to walk right at you. But let's say that I begin this journey that you are there at that camera. That you're five miles away from me. And I can't see you. I just know that that's where you are. And someone gives me a compass. And it says, and that's about due west from where I am, I want you to walk 270 degrees. That's due west, by the way. 
And I want you to walk exactly 270 degrees for five miles and you will walk right into me. I want you to imagine what happens if instead of walking 270 degrees, I walk either 271 or 269. You say, well, that's not much error. That's just one. Come on, you were close. It's one degree. I want you to know that one degree over one step makes almost no difference at all. I'm still pretty much headed towards you. But if I go a mile with a one degree error, now I'm a little over there. If I go another mile, the distance, and another mile, and another mile, by the time I get to the five-mile mark, I may be a quarter of a mile from where you are. I may be way off in my calculations. And that's exactly what happens when you just choose any direction in life. How does it feel? What's right? Who's right? How do we tell up from down, right from left? Because I'm a human being. I change my mind all the time. How I feel, whoo, I feel good today. Everybody loves me. It's going to be a great day. And let 24 hours go by. And oh my goodness, I just want to find a hole, bury myself in it, suck my thumb, curl in the fetal position. How I change is, how I feel is always changing. How you feel is always changing. What do we do with that? We can't have that as the standard by which we navigate through life. There's got to be something more enduring than how I feel or how you feel. It's got to be God's word. Why is that? Because you and I are dealing with some issues in today's world. And if you use a subjective standard to measure how you're going to react, what you're going to do, how you're going to say, what your family is going to be, how you're going to engage in this world, you're going to end up a long ways from where you want to end up. Our world, our society, our culture is moving based upon standards that are always changing and we are not going to end up in a good place if we continue to do that. I'm not talking about heaven or hell now. I'm talking about the world that we live in. I'm talking about the schools that our kids go to, the governmental systems around us, the neighborhoods that we live in. They're not going to be good places if we continue to move in the directions that we're moving. And I'm not even talking about religious beliefs right now. What are those issues? Watch this. Which lives are valuable? Which lives are valuable? Are all lives equally valuable or not? God's word says that they are. But we live in a world today that says an unborn life is much less valuable than a born life. What are we going to use for the standard of that? Well, it's all about choice. Ah, it's all about choice. People have all kinds of choices. But once a baby is formed in a womb, we've made some choices to produce that. Which lives are valuable? Are poor people's lives as valuable as... Are homeless people's lives as valuable as rich people's lives? God's word says that they are. We ought to do something about that. Can we determine anything by the color of a person's skin? There are people in our world that say that you can. God's word says that's an absurd idea. You see, that's an immovable, unshaking north star for how we live our lives. Which lives are valuable? Watch this. Who are we? Who are you? What's your purpose? How do you feel? I don't feel valuable. I think I'll just put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger. 
God says that at your darkest, most lost, most confused moment, you are, oh my goodness, you are loved, you are cared for. He, he has deep abiding affection for you. You are valuable, unendingly, eternally valuable, regardless of how you feel. What's the purpose of life? Make money, get famous. Be good looking, be young, be, be something. What's the purpose of life? All of those things that I just told you, that come from the world. Why do we get those? Because in our world, a sports star who can make millions of dollars, that's a better life than the guy who works at the fast food restaurant. One's more to be pursued than the other. One's more glorious. One's more, one's just better. Who said that? Where'd you get that idea from? It came from our world. It came from our society. You you ought to listen to celebrities more than you listen to your grandma. Really? Why? Well, because they got a platform. You know, you want to be more like them. Maybe you ought to be more like your grandma. How do you know? Who told you one was? Why do you feel a certain way? Where did that come from? Watch this. What's the purpose of life? What are we here to do? Here to make money. Here to get famous. What does it mean? Watch this. Here's some of the things in our world. What does it mean to be male and female? Oh, you didn't go there. That's hate speech. It's not hate speech. I'm, I'm about up to here with people telling me that I hate people. I have lived my life loving every individual that crosses my path. I don't have the capacity to hate. But just because I say he made them male and he made them female, for us to ignore that, that's a little bit, I don't know if you know the story of the emperor's clothes, where the emperor, just, he, he begins to just tell people, he's, he, and he had this guy that sold him on the idea that he had special material and it was the most beautiful, but people couldn't see it. And he ends up walking around naked until finally one little boy said, hey, why is the emperor naked? Listen, how, how do I know? How do you know? You're just a preacher. How do you know that male and female are created in the womb? It's part of our DNA because God's word, the North Star, says that that's the way it is. We're in this society that says just choose. You can just choose to be whatever you want. You can choose. I also believe that mankind was, why do I believe? Why, watch this. If you really want to get crossways with, if you really want to, here, I'm going to, I'll stir up both sides. I've stirred up the one side. Let me stir up the other one. I believe that every person on this planet has the right of free will choice. And I would give my life to defend somebody's right to live their life however they choose even those lives outside of God's word. Why? Because I don't want to live in a world where people are made to be something. God didn't create us. The church isn't here to force people into something. We're supposed to be through the love of God and the kindness of God giving a gospel that is so attractive people want it. But I'm not going to live in a world where you force somebody to be something. 
That's God. Why do I believe that? Because I'm a, I'm a patriot. Because I'm, No, because God's word theologically created every individual with free will. It was so fundamental to God, it ought to be fundamental to you and I. Even though I might disagree with what they choose, they have a right to choose. Is that, oh, you got that because from some civics class. No, I got that because the north star of my life is God's word. It's unchanging. It's immovable. It's not governmental. It's God's word that told me that. What's truth? What is true? And what's a lie? Oh my goodness. If you have, we live in this world so, so thirsty for information that we believe anything. The election was stolen. People are trying to steal it. President is this, he's not that, he's that. How do you know? How do you know? Because I feel it, because somebody told me, somebody I trust told me, because I read some stuff, because I watched some stuff. How do you know? Let me tell you what I know is true. God's word is true. God's word is immovable. I'm not wrapped up in all the politics that are going, oh, you need to speak on things. When I find the truth, I'll speak on it. Until then, I'm going to remain silent because I'm not going to be influenced by all of the whims and the waves of doctrine that are coming around in our world. That's James, unstable, double-minded man. I know just one North Star, and that's God's word. And I get frustrated with people that just, they seem to so know. They know. How do you know? How do you? Well, I just, I can just feel it. <laughs> that might have been the pizza you ate last night. What is truth? God's word is true. Watch this. What's virtuous? We've begun to make virtues out of things that used to be sin. And I'm not talking about things that are divisive. I'm not closed-minded. I'm a thinker. I like to read. I read things that don't agree with me. I'm involved. But listen, what is virtuous? Here's an old belief for you. Here's an old vintage belief. God's word defines virtue. Not society. Integrity has always been a virtue. Hard work is a virtue. Treating everyone the same, that's a virtue. Loving those around you, that's a virtue. Being a peacemaker, that's a virtue. Being meek, that's a virtue. Just because a bunch of people say something is right doesn't make it right. God's word is our North Star. How do you know what's virtuous? Young people, how do you know what is good? Can you find it? Can you see it? Can you feel it? Is it described in God's word? That's our North Star. What's right and wrong? What is right and what is wrong? Well, you know, I'm, we've, just, we've just fallen out of love, so we're going to get a divorce. And, and, and today, there are people, yeah, that's right. Find you one that loves you. you have, can you do that? Yes. Would I defend your right to do that? Yes. But that don't make it right. How do you know? You say, well, pastor, you're picking a fight with everybody. Yes, I am. Because, there, watch this. Because there was a day when that's what preachers did. They just told you the truth. They didn't try to placate the, the crowd. They just took God's word and they unfolded it. 
Because it was the north star by which we navigate. I don't mind trying to be cool. But cool people living out old truths. That's vintage. That's where the church is supposed to be. As relevant as we can be in this world, as loving and as caring for as many people as we can, and at the same time, uncompromising in our devotion to God's word. What's right and wrong? How are you going to know? How are you going to determine? Well, there's a whole bunch of people that say it's right. The Bible clearly says that in the last days there'll be a great deception. How are you going to know if it's deception or if it's true? You may be living in it right now. You can't just follow. First John says that your own heart will deceive you. How do you know? How do you know? Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And it's a light to my path. Your word. Your word illuminates where I should walk. It shows me the way to go. Your word illuminates my life. Your word establishes where I'm going. God's word was given to mankind to be the north star of life. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3. Let me wrap this up. Otis, come back please. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. Not the, not the social media, not your friends, not the news, not your particular, oh, it's Fox, it's Fox News, I trust, oh, no, it's this new stuff, I don't even know the name, oh, no, you can't trust Fox anymore because they, oh, no, it's not, oh, not the networks, oh, the networks are of the Antichrist. Okay, how about we just trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not, here's, here's my issue with those that think they know, lean not on your own understanding. Because I can tell you right now, you could fool me. My goodness. You could make something sound a certain way and look a certain way, and I'd believe it because it feels like it's truth to me. But how about we just trust in the Lord with all of our heart and don't lean on our own understanding and in all of our ways acknowledge Him? And He says, He'll make your path straight. What does that sound like to me? See, we quote that verse. What does that mean? If I'll fill my mind with God's word and I'll fill my heart with his words and I'll fill my mind with the things of God, he will illuminate a path for me that is clear and straight and he will show me where truth is through discernment, through his spirit. And I want you to know that there's a whole bunch of lies out in our world today. And there's not... I'm telling you right now, there, there are, I mean, I, I don't have one that I go, this person, this, this person in the media, this thing in the news, this, this politician, I think they are walking the, God. I don't believe that anywhere right now. I'll be honest with you. You want me to get, oh, there it is. I'm trying to hear the Spirit's voice. Lord, what would you have me be and do? Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. He said, I know, O Lord. That the way of man is not in himself. I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. That is, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. The way that we ought to go, you're not going to find it in you. The truth that you seek is not going to suddenly dawn on your mind in humanistic ways. It's not going to come through the internet. It's not going to come through the news. 
It's not going to be on the phone with your friend. There is but one North Star, and that's God's Word. He alone. His disciples are standing around him. Jesus has been asking about who people say that he is. And they're telling him, some say Elijah, some say, I mean, they just, all kinds of things. And he says, but, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said it right. He said, Peter, flesh and bone hasn't revealed this to you. You didn't come to this truth, Peter, by your own rational thoughts. He said, but this has been revealed to you from your Father. We live in a world, come on now, church, listen to me, where you cannot, you cannot, you cannot have as your North Star some celebrity, some personality, some, some channel of information. You can't base your life and your joy and your peace and your rest and determine what is virtuous and what is up and what's down and what's left and what's right from anything going on in this world today. There is but one unchanging, immovable North Star for people today. How you and I feel about a thing is always changing. Right and wrong will always shift if it's left to us. We'll end up very far from where we need to be have God's word as our North Star. That's an old idea. Some would say it's, well, that's out of touch. That's what my grandparents did. That's not for me. Let me tell you why I got this message ready and why I feel it is so important today. There's a whole generation of young adults that I've been involved in there's a whole group of ones that I know. And they grew up in church, but they didn't ever hide God's word in their heart. My generation failed them. We had lots of great programs. We had lots of great activities for them to be involved in. We had lots of different, I mean, they could go to the, the, the lock-in, and they could, but they never, they never took God's word and got it down in them. And now they're, they're 20-somethings, approaching 30. And they're living in a world where they're being bombarded with alternative theories and alternative philosophies and alternative truths. And it's almost every day they're picking out different North Stars. I like this one. I'm, my North Star is the socially aware North Star. Take care of those. Have a, have a passion for the homeless. My North Star is going to be make as much money as I can, have a great life. That's my North Star. My North Star is going to be the pursuit of sports excellence. That's my North Star. You know, my, my North Star is going to be academic excellence. I'm going to be the smartest and the brightest. I'm going to get the best job. People are going to applaud me because I'm academically excellent. That's my North Star. There's even some other things that sound really good. How about this one? My family is my North Star. It's all about family. Family's it, man. You've got to be close to family. Family will be there. That's the North Star. No. No. And I'm watching a whole generation of young people walk away. Walk away from the things of God. 
Why? Because they never had God's word cemented down in their hearts. You cannot have a movable point of navigation. So what do we do? I want you to bow your heads with me. Father, Holy Spirit, we live in a confused world. It's not new, Lord, that the world is confused. It's new that it's as confused as it is, and it is so accessible. The confusion is so accessible. Social media and the internet and the, the sources of information being so immediate, phones on every person's hip with access to everything, videos, YouTube, all of it being constantly, constantly pushed in upon people. there are so many so many false north stars they feel good they're popular they're applauded Father they're walking people on a journey and one day they're going to look up they're not going to like where they ended alone disillusioned broken broke lied to deceived hopeless fearful filled with anxiety and stress every every season of political change that comes upon our world they'll jump on the bandwagon that's the loudest and the one that's applauded and the one that feels good in a moment and then one day they'll look up and they won't recognize the world around them anymore that they created lawlessness will abound peace will be gone hate will be the appetizer of the day hate in the name of tolerance of others before they think of themselves. Holy Spirit, forgive us. Forgive the church. Forgive my generation. Holy Spirit, would you begin a renewal of commitment to God's word. Stir something in the hearts of your people, Lord, so that they won't be satiated with involvement in a cause. They won't be satiated, Father, with the wonderful warmth of the community of the body of Christ. As good as it is, Father, that won't fill them up. They won't stop there. 
They won't think that it's just good, something that they ought to do, but rather, Father, they would, like that little chorus says, want to be where you are. They want to know you, Father. And the only way to do that is to feast on your word and be transformed by it. Lord, I didn't come from this. I came from brokenness and lies of no moderation and no self-control. Bigotry and prejudice and hatred and hard immorality. I found out how to live, Lord, from your word. It was your word, Father, that brought hope. It was the word that sparked a dream in my life about what family could be. It was your word, Father, that taught me about the truth. Taught me about hard work. Taught me about saving instead of spending. Taught me about preparation. Taught me about how to steward your mind and develop the gifts. Gave me the passion to do so, Lord. It was your word. And Father, I pray you'd stir your body. Stir your church, Lord. To go passionate about your word again. Heads are bowed. Right there where you're watching me, won't you bow your heads? Close your eyes. Are you afraid? Let me tell you why you're able to be made afraid. I get afraid sometimes. But let me tell you what the answer to that is. You say, I wouldn't be afraid if my circumstances would change. I want you to know that there will always be an abundance of circumstances that can make you afraid. What you need is a foundation strong enough to stand to the wind that's blowing. And that foundation for you. You want to be less afraid? Absorb God's word. You say, I'm anxious. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. More of his word will take care of your anxiety. You'll still have moments. You'll have to go back and redose yourself with it you uncertain about what comes after this life? You need his word. You don't know what's going to happen in the political realm? More of his word. You don't know whether you should take a vaccine? More of his word. You don't know how you're going to make it financially? More of his word. You don't know what's going to happen to your kids if they don't straighten out? More of his word. You you have a relationship that's degrading in some way? You have somebody you're out of sorts with? More of his word. I can't tell you that more of his word will make every storm cease, but it'll give you the ability to stand up under it. His word is the north star of your life. Word that you're going to be alone, can't find a spouse that God has for you, more of his word. Will it suddenly make him or her appear on your doorstep? I don't know. That's God's business, but you'll know what to do in the meantime. If you're listening to me today and you don't know him, God's word says that there's just one way to heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ask him. Ask him to save you, redeem you. Come into your heart. He will. How do I know that? 
his word told me. Father, this morning, let your word live in us. Let it live in us, Father. Let it fill us up. Create such an insatiable desire for you and your word and your kingdom, Lord, that everything else would pale in comparison. There's no place I'd rather be. Would you put the words up, guys? You singing over me. in your mystery found in your love for me I just want to be here with you oh I just say, Pastor Roy, I don't feel that way. Church is a burden to me. (laughs) More of his word. More of his word. You don't know who he is. You don't know what his promises are for you. You don't know what he's got prepared for you. You don't know how much he loves you. You don't know how much he likes to be with you. You've not felt the warmth of his real embrace yet because the word forms the foundation that leads to experience where tears begin to fall and run down your face and you feel the completeness and the warmth and the goodness of his presence. But you're not ever going to know that until you get more of his word in you. And then you'll experience his presence. Father, thank you. Encourage each one, strengthen each one, be with them today, and let them find the North Star for their life in you. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, It's been good. Remember, there's just one North Star, and that's him. Nothing else. Nothing else. We'll be back here tonight at 5 o'clock for our furnace prayer time. You want to be presence and then we'll be back here this week at 10 30 Wednesday morning uh, with our senior adult service and then seven o'clock with our study in the book of Acts and then right back here next week and then very soon back here remember our Christmas Eve service uh, it's going to stream at four five six seven and eight once you pull your family it's not very long 35 minutes something like that pull your family around you beautiful time with some really unique parts God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We look forward to seeing you here in person very soon. And between now and then online. God bless you. Have a great day.